Hey friends! I so wish today I was inviting Amanda onto a big giant stage covered in confetti and lights where we could bounce around and have so much fun together. She deserves it and I know we would just have a crazy time, but I am deeply, deeply grateful for the quiet and intimate space we shared together in the podcast corner of the world. And I just am absolutely giddy to share uh, this episode with you today. So there are some keywords that Amanda uses in our time together today, and I really want you to notice them because these are the nuggets that you can apply to your life. She says the words like she developed a heart for every day. She listened. She chose. She looked for the good. She found the more. Those verbs, those actions that she took, that she took are not automatic things in her life. Those are things that she has practiced. And so that is the nugget for us. I am tempted to tell you all my favorite parts, but I'm going to let you dive in for yourself. It is slam packed with such truth and such encouragement. At the end of this time we had together, she prayed for me. She blessed me deeply and just through her worship and through her yes, God has given her beautiful eyes to see and hear others so clearly. She just has this amazing ability to see and to know, and there's so much clarity there. She's playing such a giant role in how God is showing up in a bigger story. Her life is absolutely inviting us all to follow Jesus. Please, please, please welcome my precious friend Amanda to the show and cheer big. She is such a star. Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy show. My name is Riley and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story, and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. So my name is Amanda and I am um, part of walking through kind of this journey over the last year and a half or so, but really what I have enjoyed kind of sharing and talking about um, as far as my journey and life and everything like that is kind of realizing how my story um, becomes part of what bigger story God is writing. And so I think that to put a curtain around the stage of that. Um, my growing up journey, I grew up in the church. I grew up loving Jesus and um, I grew up with a single mom. However, she knew based on how she was raised, even um, as her journey didn't look necessarily how she would have probably imagined it and ended up a single mom, she found it very important to raise me in the church. And so I'm super thankful for that because it really started out my life as with this foundation of worship and knowing that I was loved by God. And so even I think that in the midst of challenges or struggles that I faced growing up 
or times that I maybe would have strayed, I still had a foundation to come back to. And I'm so thankful for that because I think that when you have a knowledge of worship and how it can change everything, it really was what has marked my life and what I feel like has saved my life, what has grown me and um, what allows me to tell others that there's hope beyond their circumstance. And I think that when we live a life that is so simple, you know, and I think that worship is simple. And I think that when we have a childlike faith and we approach God in that way, um, it's, it becomes all the complications, which are what I've been walking through for the last year and a half, all the craziness, the craziness becomes a lot more manageable when you know that your eyes are fixed on something far beyond your daily circumstances. And right now my daily circumstances have been, um, what I guess you would call challenging. Um, I, for years have battled with a lot of health issues. And we spent a lot of my teen years, a lot of my 20s, navigating both um, health issues and then kind of even mental health issues that came out of just dealing with constant physical um, issues and pain and all of the things and having no way to really know going to doctor to doctor to doctor to never really having an answer. And so probably about three years ago, I was at a point, actually probably now four or five years ago, I was at a point where we had really reached the end of the road. I had been to Mayo and they had said, well, let's do this surgery. And then I had gotten a test for that surgery that they're like, yeah, that would fix this, but it would actually kill you because it would do this to another part of your body. Because for example, my because of um, an illness that I had that at the time they still hadn't figured out, my esophagus and my stomach is over 90% paralyzed. So if they had done the operation to fix my esophagus and some of those issues, it would have caused such complications that, um, you know, again, I could have died on the table. And so um, at that point, it was kind of my first meeting with hospice and palliative care and, um, and was told, you know, probably six weeks to live. If you go into the hospital, you know, like, let's talk about comfort versus, you know, really a solution. And I remember even at that point, just being like, this doesn't feel real. Like, I, I feel like there's so much more to life. And I still feel like I have a purpose inside of me. And I still I, I mean, I would joke because I'd be at that point, my, my, working roles and um, pastoral ministry, if you will, for my adult vocation had been teaching kids to worship. And I'm like, if like anyone's going to get healed, it's going to be someone that teaches kids to worship. Like, come on. Like, I mean, I like, God, I don't want a big title. Like I hide in the back and teach kids by jumping up and down like jazzercise style. Um, (laughs) And so I, um, ended up going to out to like Bethel in California and just kind of taking this like alternative route. And I wouldn't say, um, I ever really was like, I'm fully healed. Like this is, 
like my moment. And I think so often we look for that moment that like big, like, Oh, this is when I was healed. This is like what I can, you know, this is the pivot point. And I think what I've learned from my journey is that God isn't necessary. He can be in those moments for sure. And trust me, Riley, I'm still praying for that moment. Like, and I think we all are, you know, for different circumstances in our lives. But I think what I've learned is we can't wait for those moments um, Mm -hmm. because God might not be working that way through our lives. And the story that he might be writing is of faithfulness or is of his presence in our daily healing in our daily journey. Um, And so to kind of wrap all that up, I ended up kind of going into what would be called a remission of sorts of um, the illness that really at the time we were getting the blood test back and finding out and finding out that it is a terminal illness. But, um, and just kind of navigating that. And so for a couple of years, I actually did kind of go into a remission of sorts. I went back to work. I was, um, I was a a children's pastor and leading worship at churches in, in, um, Vegas and, and Phoenix. And then, um, really right around the pandemic, um, and right when kind of the world shut down, I was in the midst of a transition with my job and ended up breaking my knee, which crazy enough ended up causing all these systemic inflammatory issues. Um, And within six months, I was in multiple organ failure. And so that was about a year ago. And they gave me, again, about six months to live, six months or six weeks to live, maybe, you know, like six months, but don't expect much beyond that. Um, And that was what, about seven months ago. And um, that was six months ago was seven months of all that to say 13. I'm, I'm great at music, not math. Um, and so (laughs) I I'm still here either, however many months and, um, and kind of along the way, especially this last year, I've kind of developed this like heart of like, you know what, every day, and I'm going to live every day. Um, I have a hashtag, if you will, of terminal ain't terrible. Um, really because it's given me the permission to live every day as if it could be my last, because truly it could be, but if it's not, or even if it is, I want to live each day to make the most of it. Woo. Yes. I mean, you bring so much life and I, I, I know how you express yourself. You express the pain and the hard and the real, you don't hide any Mm -hmm. of that. And yet you somehow every single time bring so much life with your words. I mean, I don't know how you do both of those things at one time, but you invite us on your journey. You invite us into your story and you tell us the hard things so bravely. And yet every time I read your words, I feel encouraged to live my best and, and to love others mainly and to have joy. And that is truly just, um, a beautiful part of who you are. And I want to say, um, you're so photogenic. I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous. I mean, so beautiful in all your pictures and Mm -hmm. I love your creativity and I have, I have amazing friends that take really good (laughs) photos. And so 
I'm I'm blessed in that way. Well, no one can see you until they go follow you, but I mean, she's just absolutely stunning, gorgeous hair and just big smile. And, um, you just, what I was going to say. Okay. So here's the funny thing about that. (laughs) Um, and I, um, so I do, I think that one, um, we, as women, you know, we have the pressures and all that kind of stuff. And part of, um, my, my illness is that, um, I am really not able to take in a lot of nutrition. Um, and it's especially, you know, gotten to the point in the last couple of years where there's things about myself. Like I look in the mirror and I'm like, Ooh, I, you know, like I feel awkward or whatever. Um, but it's, it's also funny because when about a year ago, when I, everything was really bad, um, I, I, one of the ways that I knew things were really bad is all of my teeth started falling out, like literally like just teeth falling out, like breaking all these things. And it was at a time that it was like, if there was ever a time in the universe that maybe the Lord was giving me a gift in this, we all have to wear masks. No one knows. Um, <laughs> But I was like, eventually this is going to, I'm like the one conservative that's like, yes, masks. Um, but like, <laughs> I, I knew eventually like my time was going to be cut short. And again, like, because of a crazy set of circumstances where I was walking in a parking lot, got hit by a car, um, broke my tailbone and my, and ended up in physical therapy. The physical therapist was like, have you looked into figuring out your teeth? Cause I think that's probably a lot of why you're sick. Um, and so I ended up with, this was when I was first living in Florida, going to a dentist of some girls that I had been, um, their worship leader. And he gave me essentially a whole new mouth, a whole new smile. He took out my teeth and put in these, these new curly whites. And so, um, I mean, a crazy gift, um, but you just, you never know. So, um, And, but what I love about that, it again goes back to that, like, you could focus on the fact that A, it was super painful, the whole process, and B, like, it was so hard, but like, not only did God, like, write so many God moments into that story, but like, it was a gift that Dr. Riley got to give me, and it was a gift that I got to receive, and a story that I'll get to tell tell of God's faithfulness. And so, I think it's just always having the eyes to see that, um, even in like the things that you're like, "Well, this is so vain. It's my teeth," and it's like, "No, God cares about our teeth." Yeah, yeah, so. no, totally. And your smile is huge and gorgeous. And so, genuinely, what I was going to say at the very beginning is just how fun you seem like I just want to know what you're like beyond your your diagnosis like who are you and you have shared some of that through I mean if you're a kids worship pastor obviously you are a blast and a delight um (laughs) I don't know but or I can laugh at myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I just wanted to hear a little bit more about you um what you're I mean, just, I, just to tell our listeners who you are, she's always on an adventure, always, all the time, nonstop, just exploring. I mean, it just seems like you are a yes girl, just yes to all the things. Is that something that has come with this choice to live every day? Or is that who you were before? I think it's 100% the 
like silver lining amidst um, the the brokenness of a situation. It's it's the I'm going to take the pieces and find the gold in it and use it because I I think that I would love to say like I'm super fun and I always have been. Um, I think that I spent so much time really focused on what really at the end of the day were probably great things. I was really, really focused on what I felt like my call was and I carried it in a very, basically I loved what I did, but I almost loved it a little bit too much and felt like it was so life defining. Um, Not in the sense that I, when I didn't have it anymore, I didn't have my identity because I still knew who I was. I still knew I was a worship leader. And in some ways I felt like, okay, you know what? I don't, I'm not leading worship in front of kids anymore, but maybe I can lead people to worship Jesus through my Instagram or my life or my like crazy adventures or whatever. And, and so I was able to like pivot my identity, but I think in the midst of kind of my twenties and different things like that. I was like, Oh, um, I can't be bothered with dating. I can't be bothered with not working 70 hours because I'm teaching kids to worship and it's important and it is important. Um, and I loved it and I loved every moment. And, um, but at the same time, like now I, I can't, um, I mean, physically it's, I, I can't spend time thinking about it because I would cry and it would be a, a mess and a thing, but like, I I can't jump up and down in a way, in the way that I used to. And, and maybe I will, but there's a real reality. Um, I was just thinking about it last week. There's a reality. I'll never stand on a stage like that again, and I'll never lead kids in worship again. But if I look at that for too long, it would be really easy to get bitter. And it would be like, Lord, like, why did you wire me to do something that I can't do anymore? You know, um, but then it goes back again to that, like, we're not defined by like that one little thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what is a worship leader, but it's people following you into worshiping Jesus. So I'm going to do that in the silly ways in the like, so what do I like think is fun and whatever is like, I one, I'm a ridiculous Disney enthusiast. Um, and so like, why did you move to Florida, Amanda? <laughs> Disney World's in Florida. Um, and it's warm. Like those are the two reasons. Um, and so I love Disney and, but I really, I think that like, there's a lot behind that. Like I love whimsy. I love creativity. I love like, I mean, what Disney movie isn't just a grand adventure, you know? And so I think that was like the sad part of like my most saddest part of my childhood was realizing like my life wasn't going to be like this. I like find my, like my dad is actually a king over in like Europe or something like that. And that's why I never met him growing up because like, I'm a princess, you know, like how many of those stories did I write in my head? Um, And so I think that that kind of is like, you know, something that maybe my life isn't, you know, going to turn out Disney story, but like, we can all choose that whimsy. And um, I had the opportunity this summer to meet um, Bob Goff. 
And that man is whimsy personified. Like he cares, <laughs> he has like balloons on his book, but he is like a balloon. Like you can't hold him down. He's all helium. And like, I feel like that's what I want to be. Like, I want to be all helium. I want to be lifting people up so that when they grab a hold of my life or my story, they're seeing the joy and, and the color and they're lifting up above their circumstances. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that that's what we're called to is a fun life that, um, you know, I don't, I probably would post more, but I spend a lot of time, honestly, at this point in bed or not physically up to it. So I'm like, okay, well, but if I get three hours this week of feeling awesome, let's talk about the three hours of awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I want to hear more about how you got to meet Bob Goff and how you got to that retreat and what it was like. What'd you do there? Yeah. So another adventures of Amanda, I was looking at a clinical trial actually at, um, at UCLA and there's not a lot of research for my specific illness. And so there's really only about two clinical trials that would maybe have any sort of treatment. And one of them was at one of them was at John Hopkins. I went up to get to look into being a part of that study. And, um, I don't know if you were, if, if we've been a part of each other's lives during that, but I actually went up there, was up there for 48 hours and broke my hip and my pelvis walking to a coffee shop. Um, and so I decided not to go back to the, um, Washington DC area for that. And so I, um, was going to go out to California and, and again, it's kind of this living life open-handed of, I'd grown up in California. I love California. And I was like, you know what, if I only have a few weeks or a few months, maybe I just want to live in California. I'd been in Florida. I love Florida, but Florida is expensive and it was summer and it's hot. And I was like, I'll just go spend a few weeks in California. I'll look at this, um, UCLA thing and, and see. Um, and so I, again, cause I broke my hip and all those things flying is, was not really ideal. Um, but I also needed a car when I was out there. So, um, literally hopped in my car with like a few hours notice. And it was like, Oh, and I want to meet Bob Goff. He has this retreat it'll all work out perfectly. Um, and again, wasn't really a point A to point B Florida to California. So 4,000 miles later, <laughs> in about a week, I show up at the Oaks in San Diego and was there for um, a retreat that I felt like I was showing up to learn how to be a speaker. And I was really learning, um, you know, just again, to see God in the midst of every single person and interaction that I got to have while I was there um, and to meet kind of one of my heroes, but to realize, like, I think that there are very few people that you meet in life that um, the kind of, well, I I should say of, of the authors and the the heroes and probably, you know, if kids that meet their football player heroes and, and can't be bothered to hardly sign an autograph and they walk away like sad or, you know, even in like, to be honest, like the Christian or the motivational speaking world, I think a lot of times we put these people up on pedestals <laughs> and they're people and, and really like, that's not, that, that's not their fault. Like they're humans. And so they have yeah. bad days or they have, you know, they don't want to, you know, interact with every single person. And Bob is the opposite. Like he is, I don't know how he does it. Like I, but it teaches anyone 
that encounters him, you walk away going, man, I want to live intentionally like that. I want to live undistracted. And, and what then would it be like to live like that? And um, I think that we can be impacted by people all the time. And I think we are impacted by people all the time. But I think what the gift that we can give ourselves through that is to walk away and say, what does that impact mean to me? And I think the impact to me in meeting, you know, not only Bob, but some of the people that I met is how do I live in a way that whether it's Bob Goff or it's the person on the street that, or the person at Starbucks and, or the person, you know, on main street at Disney, wherever that is, like, how will my interaction in that moment make them feel like they're the hundred percent that, um, Bob Goff made me feel, um, just, you know, by interacting with him. So he's a gift. He is a gift. 4,000 miles of driving for sure. (laughs) Amazing. When I saw you there, I just swooned a little like, oh my goodness, I'm so happy for her. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get out there. I oh, would tell anyone, goodness. you know, it's, and it's, again, it's one of those, I feel like I have the gift of weighing out like, well, do you do it or do you not do it? Um, and I, you know, obviously we all have logistics and, um, and not most people can't just drop everything and go do something like that. But it is a gift when you get to, so. Absolutely. Well, what kind of has your last year looked like? What, tell us about some of your adventures and you've been kind of all over the place, but give me a picture of what that looks like to you and what that's meant to you. Yeah. So I would say that if I could subtitle the last year and a half of my life, it would be something along the lines of you wouldn't believe this if I, if I tried to tell you, or I really couldn't make this stuff up. Um, because I think that, you know, I just, for every challenge that I encounter, I've really, I really do often get to either meet someone or take away an experience. But at the same time, I'm like, really, how does this keep happening? In the last year and a half, um, I've broken like, five bones, I think I was counting, but not like fun ones, like your finger or like, you know, like things like that normal people break. Like I've broken my hip and my pelvis and my, you know, things like that. Um, but like all throughout that I've had these like moments of, like I said, I was in DC and I was walking, um, and I broke, you know, bones or whatever, but what the reason that I was in DC was to see this clinical trial, but also I just really wanted to see cherry blossoms. And I, I got to DC and I saw these cherry blossoms that I had like, again, like I had put cherry blossoms on a pedestal, if you will. And I got there like, and it was supposed to be prime cherry blossom weekend, like the weekend, but they had had this like crazy week of rain. And so I get there and the streets, of DC are littered with cherry blossoms, but we get to the mall and there's like two cherry blossom trees left in them. <laughs> really, really. I'm dying people like this is my last chance to see cherry blossoms. And, um, but like, so I, you know, you got to joke about it and I was, well, you don't have to, but I choose to. Um, and so I've, um, 
I ended up getting a Disney pass again. Um, and I put all of these things under this banner of like terminal ain't terrible. Um, and really like that is because my illness, if, if the Lord doesn't heal me, it is a terminal illness, but we're all living, especially, I think we all, I was, I'm living a year and a half different than a lot of people, but who is living the last year and a half? Like they thought they were going to, I mean, nobody has had what I think, you know, people have had canceled weddings. They've had, they've been locked up inside, you know, they've had people in their lives that they thought would be there forever, you know, pass away. And, um, and I think we can all make light of that, but we can also look at that and say, this has been a heavy season for all of us. Um, and it's been a season of unexpected. And so I think what I've leaned into in that is something we can all lean into is like, we don't know, you know, um, I, I have a friend that she had this incredible trip planned. Um, and it's been rescheduled twice beyond her control. And, um, and it was like, literally, she was going to be getting on the plane, finally going all this kind of stuff. And another kind of set of circumstances with that country closing down. I mean, so like big picture, she absolutely can't go. And it's really at this point, she's like, I'm done. I'm not going to keep trying. I'll go. I ended up going somewhere totally different. But like, someone could look at that and be like, Oh, it's just a trip, you know, but like, this is something she had saved for, for her whole twenties. Like, and for her, it was huge and it is huge. And so, and you know, again, it's like, okay, well, we're all, we don't know. And she's like, you know what, I'm just going to take a trip because who knows what my future is going to look like. And I'm going to stop living my life on hold. I mean, she's like lived her whole last year on hold to like recreate this thing that should happen. And we all feel like this should happen or like I should have the healing or I should see the victory in this area. And it's like, you know what? And, and yeah, we should, but we may not see it even here on earth. And if we don't like, we're all living this like terminal ain't terrible kind of life. And so that's an adventure. It's an invitation to say like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to Disney as much as humanly possible. And for me, sometimes that means like I go and I ride one ride and I'm like, okay, I'm done. I I have nothing left in the tank, but like, you know, I rode the ride and did the thing. And, (laughs) um, and then I took a really long nap. And so I think that like, one of the things that in our culture, we downplay is the, the highlight reel. And I actually have a little bit of a different perspective of that because I don't show a lot of my daily, like, this is really hard. And I, I talk about it. I feel like I, I talk about it and I'm authentic, like not in the sense that like everything's all, you know, flowers Mm -hmm. and roses, but like, I don't think that I don't want to live, you know, like I can tell you all about my like day in day out struggle, but like one, it, it's not something you could necessarily relate to. And I, I would have to feel like, Oh my goodness, let me make it sound you know, like exactly mm-hmm. how, like who, who wants to live there? Like, I don't want to live there. I, I do live there enough of the day that I'd much rather talk about what is, what brings me joy because at the end of the day, what's brought me joy, is going to probably bring others joy or what I, 
or the, the piece that I saw God working, if I can present that or what I've learned from it, like that's going to be what someone can take away. They can't necessarily understand and or take away my pain, but they can share in my journey. They can share in my joy. They can share in me standing on, um, I, I got the opportunity to go to Hawaii and, um, and snorkel in like the beautiful Hawaiian ocean. But because of my illness, I have an extreme cold intolerance. So Riley, I was like literally in the water for 45 seconds before in Hawaii, warm water, water, I couldn't handle it anymore. But that 45 minute GoPro or 45 second GoPro video, I mean, that's it for me. And that may seem like, oh, you're living for that highlight reel. And it's like, no, that is a gift. Like Mm -hmm. that, I don't remember the hypothermia and emergency situation of a Marine carrying me off the boat and, you know, like, my temperature body dropping like that's the Amanda you couldn't make it up moments that happened after but like I'm not gonna focus on that I'm gonna focus on this 45 second video and the dancing in my like snorkeling mask on the boat and like that's what we all can do we can all take those moments or we can say you know what I didn't get to go to Cairo Egypt but I'm gonna go to England you know or vice versa or things like that so Um, I think that that's the opportunity in the living terrible, not terminal of the last year and a half is, you know, it's not about living for the highlight reel, but let's go ahead and celebrate it. I mean, it's a gift, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm blown away. Yeah. That's exactly. We need that. Just print it on our mind, print it on our wall, on our shirt, and just to be reminded to celebrate and find the good and see the beauty. Yeah. So what are you celebrating? What's something in the last, you know, what have you taken and said, you know what, I'm going to celebrate these moments. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, um, that's a good question. We, um, so I have a 15 year old and an eight year old and they're both boys. And to be honest, um, that's been kind of having more kids and our kid situation has been like a long time heart Mm -hmm. issue of ours, of mine. And, um, we just found out we're having a baby girl (laughs) and you're having a baby and it's a girl. And it's a girl. That's awesome. And And it's a great name. Yeah. (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. It's actually a really good middle name. So I'll I'll throw that one your way, but (laughs) yeah. And so it, I mean, it's a complicated thing to think about, but at the same time, it just feels like such loving kindness and care from the Lord. Like I, you've waited and prayed for something for so, so long and I might feel too old and my kids are already bigger and just all these things that people think about. But for me, in my heart, it feels like a promise fulfilled and, mm. um, just like the Lord is leaning close and saying, you know, I trust you to take care of her and give you this. And it feels really sacred to me. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That like that expectation of hope, um, mm-hmm. fulfilled and the joy that must come with that. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. You know, 
hope and expectation and the passion translation talks about like standing on tiptoe in anticipation, waiting mm-hmm. on the unveiling yeah. of who God is. And sometimes I feel like we're like, feel like we need to shrink our expectations a little bit or step back mm-hmm. out of what we feel like is good for our life or what we're curious about or what adventure we want, or we feel like maybe I don't need to make that such a big deal. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And so we minimize it or take it off the list or lots of things, but like in the past year, um, I took my 15 year old to Yosemite and, um, San Francisco. And that felt like such a moment of just choosing adventure and choosing to live because it's like, I can't one, I can't get my whole family there. My husband doesn't want to go to be honest. (laughs) Um, it's expensive. Like, you know, we can just, Oh yeah. Excuse away living. And yet sometimes we need to just follow our curiosity and follow our heart and choose to show up for the things that give life, you know? And so I love that. And I love like that, you know, you didn't necessarily know that this was, I I mean, I assume you didn't know that this um, answered prayer was on the horizon. Um, And so in the midst of that, saying the yes in that season, when, you know, whether it's pregnancy or a new baby or things like that, there might not be, you know, that other time to have that sweet memory with Mm -hmm. your son. And, um, you know, that that's exactly kind of like my thing is like, that's not a, that's, you didn't have a death sentence or, you know, a timeline, you know, over, over that circumstance or over that relationship or anything like that, but it's okay. Let's choose in the moment. Like, you know, on paper, this may even seem a little like exorbitant or whatever, mm-hmm. but like now you can look back and be like, man, God, like what mm-hmm. a gift you gave us that we didn't even realize for that season in that season, like was, is it weird to say, like, I was obedient to go on a trip, but like, no, that is what that's it exactly is. what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's changing your expectation or letting go of all of the control and saying, mm-hmm. I am open. This is what I want. This is what you've put in my heart to desire. Yeah. Say yes to it. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like we question the desire that he yeah. put in our hearts. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, like something that's going to lead, lead me to lean in to who you yeah. created me to be and the, and all this kind of stuff. But like, I'm going to shrink back. Like, no, mm-hmm. that's not what he wants. Like I, mm-hmm. you were talking about the passion translation and I heard someone kind of describe it as like, you know, God knows the order of our lives, but the angels don't. And so we're living our lives with like this, we can have this picture of like the angels leaning over heaven because they can see what we're doing you know, but they don't know, like, it mm-hmm. says, like, no, no one knows the hour or the day, um, not even the angels. And so like, I love that picture that someone gave me of like, angels leaning over and saying, like, you know, what are what, what, what is it going to look What's like? Happening? And so um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, but like, you know, so I think that that's something that I love to think about, like, what, what is on display? And is it, is it us choosing joy? Is it us choosing mm-hmm. obedience in the moment? And, and what story is that telling? Yeah. 
One of the things that you said that um, I've held on to is just how heaven breaks through darkness. And um, mm. I just love that. I think that when we say yes to the adventure of life, that allows God to be close. It allows him to be mm-hmm. active and real in our life. And it, mm-hmm. it allows like light to, to break through and broken pieces mm-hmm. to be made whole. And just, I believe so much that when we move and, and don't give in to our fears mm-hmm. that God's able to just fulfill so much of of what we desire and who we are. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, and I love, um, thank you so much, you know, just as, as you share kind of the faithfulness of God in your life. And, and I think that that's what is such a gift, you know, because I know that my, my circumstance and my journey, um, looks really different than, you know, the last, like 15 years, it sounds like of kind of God dropping some, some, some babies along the way. Um, and I, again, I don't necessarily see myself, um, with kids, um, of my own. I love to leave kids. And so I've, I think I have thousands. No, but, um, I think that the, the reality is that we can all see, the light breaking through the darkness and the thin places where heaven meets earth, um, in the midst of that. And, and sometimes it's in our brokenness and sometimes it's in our joy. Um, but when we live so Mm -hmm. open-handed to say like, God, how are you going to use these pieces? Um, so often we look at like the pieces, like pieces, whether broken or not, like we, we look at that metaphor as like what we have in our hand when they're pieces is like, that somehow they're less than because they're pieces or even that they're broken. And it's like, you know, puzzle pieces aren't broken. That's the way they were made. They were made to be put together. And so, you know, sometimes we have fractured pieces, but sometimes we just have parts of a story that we've got to put together Mm -hmm. and, um, and then use that to have a picture that honors, you know, God and, and paints a picture of heaven. And so I think that's what we can all be, um, you know, remind ourselves of is like, okay, how do my pieces fit together in this journey? That's so good. It all belongs. It all goes together. And yeah. We can use it to invite others into life and bring joy. So, yeah. Well, thank you Amanda. so much for Amanda. sharing with me and giving me the opportunity to talk and, and just get to know you better. And it's been so good. You are a treasure. I'm so thankful for you.